Well, good morning and welcome to Northridge Church. Man, we're excited to have you and we're honored that you're here with us. You know, we're one church in four different locations. And can you do me a favor and help me welcome all of our campuses at Webster, Greece, and Aronicoy and Henrietta? Can we welcome them? Yeah, go ahead. We're grateful to have you, whether you're watching online, you're going to watch this later. Thank you for being here. If you're a guest with us, man, thank you for coming up out and checking out Northridge Church. And, and last week we started this brand new series called Come On In. We're really, we're inviting you to get to know us as a church and why we do what we do and how we do it. It's, it's almost like, you know, those first couple dates where you sit down with that guy or girl and you, you ask those questions to get to know someone. And, and that's what this series is. It's a chance for you to, to get to know Northridge Church. And last week we started in, in, with this, probably the most important piece of the puzzle, the Why? why we exist as a church, and, and we believe that God has given, a, given us a core or a mission that we stand on. We exist to glorify God by making more and better disciples. I mean, that's why we exist as a church, and if you weren't here last week, I'd really encourage you to go online and watch the message, because really, why we exist is the most valuable piece to the puzzle of why we're here and what we're doing. But every organization has a why. I mean, really, you go to Starbucks, you go to UPS, you name the organization, they'll be able to tell you why they exist or why they do what they do. But I think in a lot of organizations, there's this disconnect. Here's our why, but they never answer the, answer the question of how do you get to your why? How do you fulfill your why? I mean, it's easy for us as a church to say, hey, we exist to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. Man, that slides off the tongue really easy. But how do we succeed in that mission? How in the world do we make more and better disciples? And we believe at Northridge Church, we do that through a process, something we call a process. You know, the holiday season just kind of winded down, and, and I love the holiday season. They call me in my house, Mr. Christmas, even on staff, they call me that because I love the holiday season, and probably specifically for a, a lot of reasons, but one reason is in, in my house, my wife kind of leads this charge of keeping us healthy. And so we eat pretty healthy on a regular basis. And so if you come to my house and, and you're looking for chocolate or, or snacks or just, you know, things that everybody loves, you're not going to find it in my house. I'm sorry. You're just not going to. My wife leads that charge. You know, unless you find my secret stash, baby, I don't have a secret stash, okay? But during the holiday season, you know, Christmas time, you'll find some things at our house that aren't normally there. Some chocolates, some Christmas cookies. And, and in order to get into the Christmas spirit, I, I just like to bake Christmas cookies. Can I get an amen? Who doesn't like Christmas cookies? And of all the Christmas cookies, I love sugar cookies. I love those like snowflake cookies you can dip in your coffee. But of all the Christmas cookies, my favorite, and, and you know, maybe you disagree, but the good news is I've got the mic, you don't. So, you know, are these almond buttery raspberry filled thumbprint cookies? Whew. I mean, can we just have a moment of silence for those cookies? They are so good. And so during the holiday season, I was like, I feel like baking some of those cookies. And so I've got a three-year-old. Anytime we make something in our house, she's giddy and excited, like, I'll help, I'll help. And so I got all the ingredients. I placed them on our countertops. I grabbed Joelle and sat, sat her there. I gave her a wooden spoon so she could stir it all together. 
But here's the thing about baking, and, and this is probably why I'm not really that good at baking, is when you bake, it's a process of following a recipe perfectly. And I'm the type of guy that likes to add a little of this and a little of that, and I'm not really good at measuring. You know those small like teaspoon things? I'm like, yeah, here we go, and here we go. That looks about right. And I wonder why when I look at the picture on Pinterest, my stuff never turns out that way. Anybody else got that problem? And so I'm baking these cookies. I'm throwing flour and milk and eggs and vanilla and what, almond and all this good stuff in this, this bowl. And Joelle's stirring it as fast as her little hands will go. And she stops and she pauses. And she looks at me and she says, Daddy, when are we going to eat cookies? She was tired of waiting. She was like, hey, are the cookies done yet? And I looked at my little girl. I'm like, baby, it's a process. You got to mix it all together. You got to put it in the oven. And finally, you get to eat those cookies. But that's the same with following Jesus. It's a process. And I think a lot of people have been burned by the church because they've been lied to. They think that uh, someone has told them that, hey, when you surrender your life to Jesus, that you know, it's not a process of, of sanctification or being set apart. It's just when you meet Jesus, all your addictions and all your struggles go away. And the problem is, is maybe for someone it happened that way. For, but for the majority of us, when we surrender to Jesus, the journey just begins. It just begins to start. And so we're going to talk today about our process. The process of how we take somebody from more, far from God, to meeting Jesus as their Savior and growing as a better disciple of Jesus Christ. And we believe that happens through a process. And so if you have your Bibles, Philippians chapter 1 is where we're going to be. Philippians chapter 1, you can turn there and in your Bible, your smart device, you can jump into the Northridge app and take notes, or you can follow along on the screens. And as you're kind of making your way to Philippians chapter 1, one, it's going to be on page 950. I, I want to challenge our church to take a step in, in something this year in 2018. You might not have ever really noticed this before, but uh, when you're watching the message, no matter where you're watching it, online or at one of our campuses, you will notice on the bottom right there. You see that? We call that a hashtag for all of you who aren't on social media. And I really want to push our church to leverage your influence do you realize that statistics say that every person has an influence of around 250 people? 250 people that know them, who have a voice in their lives. And I want to challenge our church to leverage your influence where everybody's located. Guess where everybody in our world's located? Social media on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. And I just want to challenge us to use those things. If you are currently on social media, how amazing would it be to leverage your influence to push people towards the gospel, to push people towards church? And so if God speaks to you through a song that our worship team sings, man, post it online. If God speaks to you through a message or whatever we do, don't be afraid to let the people around you know. And maybe you're not on social media. Maybe, yeah, just stay away from that. I would challenge you. It's a great platform to promote Jesus. It really is. Our world, whether we want to admit it or not, majority of our world spends a lot of hours scrolling through Instagram or Facebook. Why wouldn't we as Christ followers use it to push Jesus and show people that we're in love with Jesus? So I want to challenge our church to do that. You can hate me for it if you want to. It's okay. Philippians chapter 1, it says this. It says, I thank my God every time I remember you. 
In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And so the author says, man, I thank God every single time I think about you, I remember you, because it brings me joy because we're partnering together in the gospel. But then he says this, he says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it into completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And we look at this verse and here the author says, he who began a good work in you. And here's this phrase, it says, it will carry it until completion. We'll take it until completion. And here's what he's saying. Walking with Jesus is this journey. It's this journey for all of us. Whether, if you've surrendered your, your life to Jesus Christ, walking with Jesus is this journey. And we're all on different parts in different places of this journey. Some of us, we, we've just met Jesus and we don't know a lot about the, the Bible, but we know we love Jesus and that's where we are on the journey. And some of you, you've been walking with Jesus for many years and you're navigating this journey where God begins to mold you and break you and transform you and make you more like him. And we are all on this journey where God is leading us to walk and take steps towards him. In fact, the scripture refers to this journey as this race. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says this. It says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And so it refers to following Jesus as this race, not some sprint. You don't have to persevere in a sprint. You just go for it. But it's more like this marathon, this marathon called life where we learn and we embrace and we understand that walking with Jesus is this journey of, of stepping towards God on a regular basis. It's this journey. And, and I'm not much of a runner, just be honest. A marathon sounds like torture to me. But for some of you as runners, I've never met, and I know quite a few people that love to run, and, and their goal is to finish a marathon. I've never met somebody who's finished a marathon that went across that finish line and they said, you know, I just wish I gave up a mile 16. This is not what happens. And it's the same with Jesus. It's really difficult in some seasons, seasons of walking with life. But here he says he will carry it until completion, until the day you meet Jesus. And I think here's where a lot of people get it wrong. Is we think that God is looking, that God is looking for perfection, but really he's after progress. You see, we think that God, some of us are, are, don't like the church because we don't feel like we could ever walk into the doors of the church because uh, you don't know what I've done, Drew. You don't know the sins that I've committed. You don't know the choices I've made. And we think that God looks down on us and he wants perfection. But the reality is, is none of us can be perfect. We're all sinners. Christ was our perfection on our behalf. And the truth is today is God is not looking at you and saying, you got to be perfect. You got to always get it right. What he's looking for in you is for you to make progress every single day saying, I'm going to step towards you, God. And there's going to be days where you make mistakes and you are disobedient to God. But he wants you to pick yourself up and walk forward. God is after our progress. So here, here's what Martin Luther says. He says, this life, therefore, is not righteousness, but growth in righteousness. We are not yet what we shall be, but we are growing towards it. And that's what desire, God desires from us. It's not for us to just figure it all out and be perfect. God is after us taking steps towards holiness every single day. And so the question is, is how do we achieve progress. 
Well, we believe as a church, we achieve progress through a thing called a process. And today I wanna walk you through our process of taking somebody who is far from God, introducing them to Jesus and surrendering to Jesus and this process of becoming a better disciple of Jesus Christ. And it starts, our process starts with two elements that really impact all our lives the exact same way. It doesn't matter who you are today. It doesn't matter whether you know Christ or you don't. These two elements of our process, our initial part, they impact every single person the exact same way. It starts with we want to get people engaged in worship. We want to get people engaged in worshiping God on a regular basis because we were created to worship. We were created by God for one purpose, to give him glory through worship. So the question is, whether you might argue that statement, but the, the truth is, is you're worshiping something. It's just a matter of what are you worshiping? And we want to start with our open door, with where most people get connected to our church. It's on our Sunday morning services that are welcome to every single individual, whether you know Christ or not. We want to get you to a place and push you to a place where you are worshiping the King of Kings on a regular basis. We have seven services over four campuses where people are welcome to come. And the reason why we meet is we want to bring glory and we want to worship our Savior. And so it starts there. That impacts us all the same way. We all show up and we worship the King, but then it leads us to this second part. We want to get you engaged in worship and then we want to lead you to engage and experience biblical community. We want to push you from worship to community. You might ask the question, why? Because we believe life change happens best in community groups. We really believe that. We believe that that life change happens. Your life is transformed the most and the best in community groups. You've probably heard this statement in our church on a regular basis. Circles are better than rows. Circles are better than rows. And... You know what, you're, 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 you're hearing that from a guy whose main job responsibility, on, on one of my main job responsibilities is to prepare a message to speak to Rose. Thousands of people show up every single weekend to worship God and I speak to them over four campuses and they're sitting in rows. But the reason why I speak to Rose and I challenge people in rows is because I want to motivate you and equip you and push you to circles. Because we believe life change, your life will be transformed the best it can be when you gather yourself around a community group of people who will push you to the gospel, who will help you apply God's word, who will build relationships with you, and ultimately who will care for you in the difficult moments in life. We want you to engage in biblical community, and I've seen this happen in my own life. Man, one of my favorite days of the week is Monday. One, because Sunday just finished. I'm like, man, that was awesome. And then I have community group on Monday, 7 o'clock. And one of my favorite experiences for my life personally is when my group meets and we separate guys from girls after we talk about the message. And I sit around with a group of five to seven guys who challenge me, who ask me really difficult questions like, hey, what did, what did your viewing online look like this week? How are you taking care of your family? And how can I pray for you this week? And it's changed the man I am. It's helped me become a better father, a leader, a husband, because I've surrounded myself with men who are going to challenge me and push me towards the gospel. But I've also seen it transform a woman's life in our community group. 
Over the course of a year and a half, it started when she walked in the doors of my house as we met as a community group, and she didn't know Christ as her personal Savior. And over the course of hearing messages and us speaking truth into her life, she made that decision to follow Jesus Christ. And over the course of a year and a half, I have seen God radically but slowly work her through this process, and she's not the same young lady anymore. She changes. She's been changed by the gospel, and she thinks differently, she acts differently, she makes choices differently. And that doesn't mean that life change doesn't happen on a Sunday. But we just believe it is, it's, it's best, it happens best in community groups. And get this, this is cool. Of our weekend attendance in our auditoriums, 1,445 adults at Northridge Church are in community groups. That represents 91% of the people who come in our auditoriums on a weekly basis. Because we believe in that. And man, if you're not in a community group, we will push you there. I, I say this all the time, if you don't like friends, you won't like Northridge Church. You won't. Because we won't let you. We believe in the process, and we won't let you sit here and be a member of a crowd. We don't want you to get lost in a crowd. The reality is, is Northridge Church is a big church. In the church world, we would be known as a mega church, even though I don't like that statement. And it's really easy to show up to one of our campuses and get lost in the crowd, and we don't want that for you. And the way we change that is we allow you to jump into biblical community and surround you with people who will take the message on Sunday and help you apply it on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, who will hold you accountable and will love you when life gets difficult. Here's the truth. You won't fully engage in Northridge's mission until you experience biblical community. You won't fully engage in more and better and the why behind what we do until you embrace and, and experience biblical community. So our process starts with two one-size-fits-all elements, elements that impact us all the same way, worship and community. But then as we go through the next three elements of this process, these are, will impact us all differently because we're all at different places in our journey. Some of you just started following Jesus, and so you've got a lot of questions about the Bible and who Jesus is, but some of you, you've been following Jesus for a really long time, and, and you know God's word inside and out, and these next three elements of our process will affect us all differently based on where we are in the journey. But the third part is we wanna get people committed to grow spiritually. We want to get people committed to growing and walking with Jesus on a, on a regular basis because healthy things grow. If you are healthy spiritually, you will be growing spiritually. Healthy things grow. Now, the, the truth is, is not everything that grows is healthy. But if you are healthy spiritually, you will be actively growing and we want to push you as a church to, to be committed to growing in your walk with Jesus Christ. How do we do that? Well, we do this mainly through a, a ministry we called Equip. And through our Equip ministry, we offer a, a lot of different things. We offer resources. We send out an Equip email. We have all, close to 1,500 subscribers to this email. And we send out resources, blog posts, articles on hot topics in our culture and how you can navigate them in a spiritual manner. We offer classes on a regular basis when our small groups aren't meeting. Classes on parenting and how you can grow in your parenting. Classes on how to understand God's word and decipher what it's saying. All kinds of classes where you can take a step and grow spiritually. 
We'll ask you to memorize scripture along with us. We'll do a 20-day challenge on being in God's word. We'll do whatever it takes to get you to a place where you're growing spiritually. Really, ultimately, the goal is we, wanna, we need to get to a place, all of us, we need to get to a place where we're not dependent on the church for our growth. We want to take you on this journey where you no longer depend on the church on Sunday morning or community group for your spiritual growth. We want to lead you to a place where you on Monday are digging deep in God's word and it's a personal relationship that isn't reliant on some other person, but in the mornings or on nights, you're opening God's word and you're saying, God, I want to grow spiritually between me and you and you dig deep in God's word where you don't rely on the church for your growth. So we want to get people committed to growing spiritually. Then the next piece is we want to get people committed to serve. We want to get people committed to serving because church is not a spectator sport. Man, do you realize how many volunteers, I'm not talking about paid staff members, I'm talking about volunteers. Do you realize how many volunteers it takes to make Northridge Church run? Well, the good news is I have that number for you, conveniently. (laughs) There is 1,320 active servants in Northridge Church. But to give you a glimpse, just on Sunday, just to make seven services happen at four locations, it takes 495 people sacrificing of their weekend to make our worship environments excellent. And for a moment, I want to celebrate those people. And I want to walk you through this journey. Because it starts for some people, some guys and girls, at 4.30 a.m. This morning. It started around 4.30 a.m. Well, you are sleeping in your warm, cozy bed. You know, when it's so cold out, it's so nice to stay under the covers, isn't it? But they were getting up early. And they were putting on warm gear. They are putting their hats on. And they were grabbing blowtorches to heat up locks as they pulled trailers to a high school and a movie theater to set up portable church so you could engage in worship this morning. It starts with our kids ministry team right now putting on wigs and dancing and making scripture come alive so your child could experience Jesus this morning. Changing diapers and handing out goldfish so you don't have to worry about your kids right now because they're engaged by people who are going to love them and care for them and teach them who Jesus is. It starts with our student ministry volunteers right now who are engaged in a retreat, who are eating things they probably shouldn't eat and are lacking of sleep in the cold weather so your middle school student could have a foundation built on who God is. It starts with guys and and gals in closets who are pushing things, buttons that enable our stream that I have no clue how that stuff works, but they do. Guys running cameras and, and girls running cameras, people who are running technology. When I put a verse up, it shows up on the screen. It's our tech people. It's our bands showing up on Thursday and Saturday morning and Sunday before it's even light out to practice the songs so you could engage in worship. It's our community group leaders opening up their house and spending time in God's word so you could grow spiritually. You see, Northridge Church doesn't happen on accident. It happens because of you guys faithfully sacrificing your time. And for a moment, can we just go crazy and celebrate all of our volunteers at Northridge Church? (laughs) 
This is what 1 Peter 4.10 says. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And I know, man, how do, we, how do we get there? How do we get to that place where we're serving? Well, we ask you to start just initially. Serve once a month. Serve once a month, just one out of four Sundays. You just say, hey, I'll jump in and I'll, I'll, I'll smile at someone when they walk in the doors. You'd be amazed what a smile does through our first impressions teams. And we start at once a month and then we move to we attend a service and we serve a service. And then we move to a place where, hey, we, we don't even want you to serve in the church. We want you to go outside in your community and love on the homeless, love on people outside of our walls, ultimately to lead you to a place where you become a servant leader, where serving isn't what you do, it's who you are. It's who you become. And that's who Jesus was. Matthew 20, verse 28 says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And we want to lead you to a place where you get committed to serving. And the last piece of the puzzle is we want to get people connected to invite. Because the news of the gospel is too good of news to keep to ourselves. I said this last week, but the news that Jesus came to rescue from our sins, that I was a sinner and you were a sinner, and Jesus came to die on a cross and rise again so that you and I, if we believe, if we place our faith and trust in him, if we believe in him, we will have life. That news is too good of news just to keep silent. And so we want to lead our church to be passionate about inviting people to their next steps in walking with Jesus, inviting people to get to know who Jesus is and what he really stands for. And we have an approach of how we do that as a church. We, we have a thing called Pi Squared, where we ask people to pray for people, to pray for opportunities at your cubicle or in your office, to pray for opportunities in your dorm room or in your classroom. To pray for opportunities with your family and your neighbors that God would bring relationships into your life that you can invest in, that you would love on people right where you are. We're not asking you to go somewhere different. In the course of your schedule and your life, that God would bring in people that you could invest in and love and ultimately to invite them to get to know Jesus, to invite them to your church. And what's, what's amazing, one of the stats that I think... I, I am just so proud of as a, as a church is, is this 79% of our regular attendees at Northridge Church have said they have invited someone to Northridge Church in the past year. That's amazing. That's an army of people saying, hey, I'm going to go out into my community and I'm going to invite people to Jesus, to get to know him, to have a relationship with him. And why are we so passionate about this? Here's why. Let me share this statistic with you. 85% of new guests... So 85% of every single new guest that came into one of our campuses said they came because, no, not because of the sermon series. Not because we have amazing bands that engage us in worship. Not because we stream to multiple locations. Not because we have cool lights that go on and off. You wanna know why? 85% of all our first time guests, they came because someone they knew invited them. And that challenges me. I mean, I spend a lot of time thinking of cool series names that would engage people, but the reality is it's just about a relationship. It's about relationships with people that you interact with every single day and to invite them to get to know Jesus. So our mission is more and better. And how we fulfill that mission is through this process, 
It starts with those one-size-fits-all things. We want to get every single person in our church committed to worshiping on a regular basis and experiencing biblical community. And then we want to lead you to a place where you are committed to growing spiritually, where you're committed to serving, not being spectators, but jumping into the game and then being passionate about inviting. And I believe this, when we walk through this process, if we're committed to this process as people of Northridge Church, we will make more and better disciples. I really believe that. So as we wind down, I have a a question for you. How committed, how serious are you to the process of walking with Jesus? How committed are you to walking in this process towards Jesus? Because I think a lot of people think to make more and better disciples, we've got to go outside of our walls and into our city. And I think that's where we think it starts. Like, I got to get passionate, so I got to go outside, and I got to, I got to do all this. But to be honest, to fulfill more and better, it really starts right here with me and with you. Are you passionate? Are you excited about growing and becoming a better disciple? If you know Jesus Christ, are you passionate in 2018 to saying, God, I want this to be the best year because you use me and I, I push through and I take steps towards you? I mean, more and better starts with us first and then that leads us to a place where we go outside of our walls. So how committed are you? I think to answer that question, I want to give you two steps that you can take this morning. The first one is I think we all need to locate where we are in the journey of walking with Jesus. Where are you today? Maybe you're here and, you know, church is new to you. Jesus is new to you. And, you know, you haven't been in church in a while or you you just decided you're going to come back to church this year. And, And I just want to tell you, thank you for being here. I know it takes courage to walk into a church it's, it's scary, actually, for a lot of people to walk inside the church. And we're just honored and glad that you're here this morning at Northridge Church. And maybe you're, you're here today and you show up to church maybe once a month. Maybe you're here and, and you're not committed to biblical community. I don't, I, don't, I don't know where you are today. I think every single person, this is, this is kind of the easy part where we all just kind of locate. The Holy Spirit kind of takes care of this for us. He kind of convicts us and tells us, hey, here's where we are. And I don't think it's hard for any of us to really locate where we are on the journey of walking with Jesus. But here's where it gets difficult because I think there's this major gap. We all kind of know where we're at. It's easy to locate where I'm at in this journey of walking with Jesus. But it's much like resolutions, you know, this time of year, everybody's making resolutions. And we know, man, I got to save more money or I got to lose weight or whatever resolution you made. And we make these. We know the information. We know, hey, I've got to do this. But the problem is, is we all make these commitments in 2018. I'm going for it. I'm going to do it. And then four weeks later, we realize we haven't lost any weight and we haven't saved any money. And there's this gap. There's this giant gap between what we know and what actually takes place. And for all of us, it's easy to locate where we are. But today, I don't want you to stop there. I want you to know, hey, here's what I need in 2018 in this process. But I want today for you to take a step, for you to act on the information God has given you. 
is I want you to step in obedience towards God saying, okay, God, I know what I need. And today I'm making a commitment. I'm going to get serious about my spiritual walk with you. And so I want to make it easy for you. At all of our locations, if you do me a favor, you were given a program when you walked in. If you just pull that program out, every single person, just grab that program and pull it out. Hopefully, you've been taking notes on it. And at the bottom of that program is what we call is, is a connection card. And I want to walk you through some steps that maybe you could take today. Maybe you're here today and, and, and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. Man, I would be glad to introduce you to Jesus. Our campus pastors would be glad. Check that box. Check that box. Don't leave here today without knowing who Christ is. Maybe you're here today and you're just saying, hey, I got to engage on a regular basis on Sundays. I need to start by being committed to coming and worshiping at our worship service. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, I got to jump into community groups, surround myself with the people of God. Maybe you're here today and say, I got to grow spiritually. I need to sign up for the equip ministry or I need help with my finances. And I want to jump into financial peace university. Some of you, maybe you got to start serving. Man, in a church this big, some of you, you know what? You can sing. You can sing, and you should be on this stage leading people in worship. Can I tell you, I wish I could sing. I keep telling Nate I can sing, but he never lets me sing on stage. But some of you, you have gifts. God has given you gifts, and you need to use them in the local body or maybe outside of our church, in our community. Allie Dentinger, she goes and visits the homeless on a regular basis. Jump on a team with her and love on our community. Maybe some of you just need to be committed to investing in your neighbors or your office or your college this year. Say, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to invite people to who Jesus is. I don't know where you're at. I have no clue. I can't give you the answers to this. But I know the Holy Spirit will if you're willing to make a commitment and take a step today. And so I would challenge you to check one of those boxes. Take a step, not tomorrow, not next week, not in a resolution, but today you commit before God, not before me, but before God and you say, today I'm gonna take a step and I want 2018 to be a year where God transforms my life. And here's my promise to you. If you check one of those boxes, you can check more than one, by the way. If you check one of those boxes and you fill out that connection card, please write so we can read your writing, okay? If you do that, I promise you, we will follow up with you. So however you want that to be. You fill out that card and you say, I'm gonna take a step today, and you want, text, you want someone to text you. Put your phone number there and put text in parentheses. If you want someone to email you, put your email. If you want someone to have a conversation on the phone with you, write your name and your number on there and put in parentheses, call me and we will. I promise you as a church, if you take a step today, we as a church will walk with you and we will coach you and we will equip you to take that step. And if someone doesn't follow up with you, you email me and I'll follow up with you and someone else. <laughs> Here's the deal. This is... Really, not what we want. We don't want something from you. That's not what this is about. This is what we want for you. We want our church to know what it is to follow Jesus. And there is nothing better in this world than following Jesus. Do you believe that today, church? There's nothing better. And so we want to be a church that makes more and better disciples. And if we commit to walking through this process, I believe what Philippians says, he who began a good work in you will carry it until completion.
Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word and how it motivates us, it energizes us. And God, I pray that we would make steps today, that we wouldn't be afraid to check a box, but that we would say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I need to grow. I need to be inviting. I need to be serving. I need to jump into community. I need to be worshiping. God, I pray that you put a passion in our heart to the process of making more and better disciples. In Jesus' name, amen.